0: Hey everybody, thanks for listening, and as always, thanks to our sponsor, KnowledgeMine, the leader in human performance improvement training and technologies. If you want the most advanced safety technology adapted from the human performance principles of the nuclear and aviation industries, then KnowledgeMine is error reduction that works. They were the first company to tie human performance to serious injury and fatality or SIF precursors. Learn more at knowledgevine.com.
1: In a global industry where anything can happen, where mistakes cost much more than dollars, we bring you expertise from around the world to ensure that everyone goes home safe every day. The internationally acclaimed oil and gas HSE podcast starts now with your host, Russell Stewart.
0: Today, my guest on the show is Sean Baldry. Sean, thanks for coming on the show today.
1: Uh, thanks, Russell. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, it's my pleasure. Sean, you are the director of product marketing for a company called Cority. That's uh, C-O-R-I-T-Y, right?
1: That's correct. Yep. Yeah.
0: Okay. So who is Cority and what do they do?
1: Yeah, so Cordy is a company. We're an enterprise software as a service company. So we work with organizations around the world, helping them use technology to improve their EHS and sustainability performance. So our focus is really around helping organizations consolidate their data. You know, all the data that they collect around EHS and sustainability, and then use that help them pull insights from that data that really helps, you know, people at the front line who are interfacing with risk on all aspects of EHS to make better decisions and to really help the organization manage risk more effectively, ensure that they maintain compliance and really protect the folks within their organization and within the communities in which they operate. So
0: you started out as a occupational health software provider in 1985.
1: That's right. So we're based in Toronto, Canada. That's where the company began. And we started out, actually, our first client, if I have my story correct, back in 1985 with 3M. And 3M was asking us to come up with an occupational health solution. So it was our first customer. And and we came out of the gate, created an occupational health solution for that customer, and then realized that there was market for it and began really working toward that. At that time, Cordy was actually called Medgate. And we started to grow our profile through the 90s. The turn of the millennium, obviously, as we were growing in a company and noticed that occupational health was just one of the elements of an EHS program. We started to expand upon that. And that was through both organic development internally, but then also through acquisitions. And, you know, we went from a company with just a couple of dozen employees to almost 600 employees now with offices throughout the United States, into Europe and Australia as well.
0: Well, so today you've got a vast array of EHS, SAAS, or what do you call that? Software as a service solution. And now you've got over 1400 customers in 120 countries
1: yeah, we've actually been uh, pretty fortunate to work with a lot of these leading companies around the world, and that's really where a lot of the benefit and the and the joy of working for a company like Cority Lies is the ability to work with so many different leading providers in a number of different industries globally. It's always nice to be able to work in a number of different industries or clients with a number of different industries as an EHS professional because it just gets you exposed to, A number of different challenges that you wouldn't be exposed to if you had uh, kind of spent all your time in just one or two industries. So there's a lot of value to that and just the value of helping organizations really advance their EHS and sustainability performance. And we are working for companies and work with companies that are doing some pretty remarkable things. Like So these are oil and gas companies that are helping power the world, right? They're food and beverage companies that are feeding us. They're healthcare companies that are providing the vaccines that keep us Healthy or hospitals that are treating us, so it's very fortunate. It's our pleasure to really work with these companies and and ensure that they can protect their people because they're obviously delivering a value service to all of us.
0: Well, you do have a huge oil and gas presence, which we're going to come back to here later. But the fact that you are in all these other different industries, you can actually maybe find things in one and actually add value to another. Maybe somebody else who was just single focused in that area, you know, wouldn't have access or have the experience from some of these other industries.
1: Yeah, yeah, certainly. And I would say what's unique with Cordy as well is not only do we have the opportunity to interact with clients in a number of these industries and and to your point, be able to pull best practice out and then standardize that and be able to share that across our network. So I'm going to say, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, You know, 40, 50% of the folks that work for us are actual EHS and sustainability professionals that came from industry. So that allows us to really understand what it's like to walk in the shoes of our clients, really understand their challenges, but then gives us a little bit of credibility in promoting some of these great best practices that occur in other industries. So just to kind of give your listeners an example, there's a lot of focus right now around serious injury and fatality prevention. And we know that the oil and gas industry is making headway in that space. The energy and utility sector is making a lot of headway in that space. And we actually have forums where we sit with our clients in those various industries, understand what they're doing, take those best practices and try to figure out a way of packaging them up and then making them accessible to folks in other areas of the world. So that's really fruitful. I don't come from an oil and gas background myself, but when I was working in the industry throughout my career, oil and gas was certainly one of those ones that we always look toward as being leaders in EHS and sustainability. So it's nice to be able to have an opportunity to speak with those folks in the industry and really benefit from their experience as well.
0: Well, I'm glad to hear you say that, and you're absolutely right. The oil and gas industry has taken the lead in safety, and a lot of people don't realize that, that we get a lot of bad press It's not really accurate or warranted. Let's talk Talk about your background in occupational health and safety. And right now, we've got our cameras on, so we're looking at each other. I'm in the offices of Alliant Insurance Services here in Houston, Texas. And so a shout out to Alliant for allowing me to use their conference room here. But It looks like you're working from your home office. Where is that?
1: Yeah, so home for me is I live in the metropolitan Toronto, Canada area. So grew up about 30 miles west in a kind of blue-collar steel town here just north of the border but went through school and when i kind of tell my origin story with an ehs i always say i kind of fell into it in happenstance it wasn't really by design i went through college and actually majored in aquatic biology i had aspirations of being a marine researcher and you know came out of school and realized that i didn't really have a lot of transferable skills that i could offer employers so decided to go into a postgraduate program and within environmental management, essentially, and as a part of that curriculum, there was a couple of courses on health and safety. And then that really kind of directed me, you know, that idea of being able to work within companies and helping them with their environmental health and safety performance is really what got the bug in my ear. So from that program, I was able to start off my career in the automotive industry in kind of the area of the Rust Belt And was there for some time until the 08 recession when circumstances such as they were had an opportunity to leave automotive and join a company within construction materials, which was very unique because we were vertically integrated and we had operations in mining where we would mine aggregate for road base or construction materials and then we also had manufacturing facilities where we'd make the products and then we'd deliver it to construction sites so in any given day as a EHS professional you could drive down the road And you could work in three different industries all in one day. So there was a lot of different exposures that I was able to benefit from just in my 10 plus years within the construction materials industry. And then through the course of that, began to be exposed to technology with a number of different digitization projects that we had within the company and really caught my interest. So building my network within the software space, I had the opportunity to join Cority and going on four years now this fall. It's been a wonderful decision. It wouldn't change it for the world.
0: Well, that's great. You are kind of focused on oil and gas a lot, though, aren't you?
1: Certainly, as a key industry for us, definitely oil and gas is a key focus for Cority, just strictly because of the scale. You know, when you think about the size of these industries, the number of people that they employ, the risk that's associated with them, you know, in terms of health and wellness, in terms of safety, in terms of environmental compliance. And just, you know, their leadership position within that space, there is a lot of attention rightfully placed within the oil and gas industry. So we are focusing quite heavily on that. And then obviously within the last couple of years with the rise of focus on sustainability, that's been a key area of growth for us as well within the oil and gas sector.
0: Well, one of the things I want to discuss on this podcast is a blog that you authored recently on the uh, what was called Inflation Reduction Act or IRA and talked about its potential impact on oil and gas. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, so for those of you who've never heard of it before, so the Inflation Reduction Act is just, it was a massive piece of legislation that went through both houses last year. And it's kind of designed to do a variety of things. So it was designed to tackle inflation. It was designed to try to limit pricing on prescription drugs and healthcare costs, and also to look at lowering energy costs as well and ensuring more energy independence. And buried within that thousand page document, there was the introduction of the new program called the Methane Emissions Reduction Program or MERP. So, what the MERP is designed to do is it was really trying to push the United States toward net zero emissions. And one of the mechanisms that the program introduces is something called a waste emissions or a methane waste emissions charge, which You can call it a surcharge. We kind of call it a tax. But what it's really designed to do is it's designed to apply a tax on waste methane emissions that exceed a a prescribed threshold that's defined in the legislation. So right now, a lot of oil and gas companies, as an example, they need to report out to the EPA's greenhouse gas reporting program. And if they pass a certain reporting threshold, which I think is around 25,000 metric tons of CO2 equivalents per year. So what the MERP does is it looks at those organizations that are exceeding that reporting threshold, and then it puts a mechanism in place where it calculates their waste emissions and then applies a surcharge or a tax on those emissions. And the thing that's really interesting with this is the cost that the financial impacts of these are scheduled to raise every single year from 2024 going forward? So, what it effectively means for an organization that's producing waste methane is it's going to be more and more costly to emit that to the atmosphere. What the legislation Intends to do as it's kind of been described is not only to encourage companies to look at new technologies to reduce their waste emissions, but it's also taking the monies that are collected from those surcharges and then give it to alternative technologies. Where we kind of look at it is, you know, especially as the impact on the oil and gas industry is it's going to not only add an additional Financial impact to these organizations, but it's going to increase the compliance burdens that these organizations are facing. If they fail to report, if they report inaccurately, not only do they face the financial impacts of the surcharge, but now they're liable to a lot of violations and penalties that go associated with that to the tune of $100,000 per day that reporting infraction could occur. So it's a pretty big deal. And what's interesting is it kind of got buried into this massive bill that. You know, hopefully a lot of oil and gas companies are paying attention to, but it's quite possible that many are not that familiar.
0: Well, that's why we have this show. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mentioned earlier that Cordy has over 1,400 customers in 120 countries. This includes some majors in oil and gas. Yep. I guess it's okay to mention them because they're all over your uh, your (laughs) website because I looked at them. Shell, BP, Phillips 66, and Total. And you've got some case studies on your website. You want to touch on how clients like these are using Cordy in their EHS and ESG journeys?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So just before I do that, what I will say, like, that the services that we offer to clients and with whom we partner, that includes environmental compliance solutions. It includes safety solutions, occupational health solutions, industrial hygiene solutions, quality and sustainability. So we kind of provide the full spectrum and different organizations, depending on you know where they operate, their industry, their strategic imperatives, things like that, they're going to pick, and also their maturity, they're going to pick the things that are most important to them. Fortunately, as we've said before, the oil and gas industry tend to be leaders in the EHS space, and they tend to have more mature programs. So from like a digital transformation journey, they tend to be the leaders and moving from manual kind of systems that are very kind of administratively heavy to moving toward adopting technology and realizing the benefits of it. So we've been fortunate to work with companies like, you had mentioned Shell, massive company, as we all know. Shell actually has a new strategy, a sustainability strategy called Powering Progress. And it, it includes a number of things, but in just to kind of summarize it, what they're intending to do is to reach net zero emissions in the next 30 years which is pretty ambitious when you consider their scale. And a portion of that is to really look at the circular economy. So not solely looking at how they're managing waste and reducing waste, but how can they look at increasing recycling and making sure that they can take what we would otherwise consider waste emissions and then reintroduce them either into their process or find other avenues to do that. So we've been working with Shell on a global implementation where they're using our waste solution that helps them not only track the types of waste they have at any given time, and this ensures compliance, by knowing exactly what waste we're creating on site, where they're located, how much do we have, so we can manifest them, we can get them to the proper disposal or recycling facilities, but then managing some of the regulatory reporting from that. So with the hundreds of locations that Shell has globally, we're kind of on this steady pace of helping them roll out this kind of standardized waste management program throughout all their operations globally, and that's been going on. I think we're in year two, and we still have a number of years to go, extremely... Exciting to work with them. And incidentally, if folks go onto our website, www.cordy.com, you'll actually find a video that Shell has created that describes some of this partnership that they have with Cordy, which is really nice to see.
0: And is providing the software solutions, is that right?
1: Yeah, so we provide the software solutions, and that would include both developing the software and then implementing it, and then constantly working with the client to understand where can we improve, or is there areas that we can improve their processes, can we find efficiencies, is there best practices that we've learned that we can take and share with other areas throughout Shell, as an example, or maybe bringing it to other oil and gas producers globally.
0: All right, well, that's all very interesting. Shano. Really appreciate you coming on the show and we'll uh, definitely put the uh, Cordy website in the show notes. We'll put your LinkedIn contact info in the show notes so anybody can reach out to you. Do you get to the States a lot?
1: I do. Uh, You know, it certainly opened up since the pandemic and we were locked down, but I do travel quite a bit trying to think we were actually down your way, not in the Houston area, but Cordy actually holds a client user conference. So we have one in, that's based in North America and one that's based in Europe for our European and international clients. So our Cordy Connect user group conference was in Austin, Texas this year. We had a great turnout. We had almost 500 attendees, which was our biggest conference, I think, in the 24th year. And we're scheduled to hold our next one actually in Europe, in Paris, in November. And then we're back in the States, in Orlando, Florida, in March of
0: 2024. Okay. You weren't at Barton Creek in Austin, were you?
1: No, we were right downtown, right on the strip, so we we no. visited a few piano bars while we were down there. Right in the middle of 6th Street. You got
0: it. So the people in the over 130 countries that aren't in the United States won't have a clue what we're talking about there. But, <laughs> but for all those listeners in the 130 countries, as always, we thank you for listening. We thank you for the support. As I think I said maybe on the last podcast, we actually had record downloads in the month of June. This podcast I think should be coming out sometime in the month of august so we're rated in the top 10 of all oil and gas podcasts to follow and it isn't because of the host it's because of guests quality guests like sean with cordy so again we thank sean for coming on the show thanks to all of you for listening please tell your friends to listen Post us on LinkedIn and your other social media. Leave us a review, please, on uh, iTunes or Spotify, or there's actually a review link in the show notes that you can easily click on. And again, this show is made possible by our sponsor, KnowledgeVine. KnowledgeVine is the leader in human performance improvement training and technologies, and you can learn more at www.KnowledgeVine.com, and we'll see you next time.